to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness, it's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Hello and welcome to Vitality Radio. I'm your host. My name is Jared St. Clair, and it's good to be with you again on another episode of Vitality Radio and the Vitality Radio podcast. Something new that we launched at the same time as the podcast is a new website, vitalityradio.com. I am so excited for this website because it will allow for a lot of cool enhancements to the show, Things where uh, places where you can read uh, extra notes, articles, and things like that that I discuss on the show will be posted there. Now, right now, we are uh, just in the development stages. The website is up. You can certainly look at the things that are there. You can listen to the shows there at vitalityradio.com if you like to do it that way. Any of that stuff is totally fine, but very soon you'll see a lot of new content up, including eBooks that I'm currently working on right now. Uh, There are a bunch of other enhancements that we're working on as well. So vitalityradio.com, I think will be a really great uh, place for you to find more information about the topics that I talk about here on Vitality Radio. And uh, one more announcement before we get into the heart of the show. Uh, Last week on the show, I talked about the expo that is called Be Healthy Utah Conference. It is at the Expo Center in Sandy. That's the Mountain America Expo Center. And uh, it's a natural health and wellness conference. Now, I'll be one of the speakers there. But not only will I be speaking on Saturday morning at 11, but at 9 a.m., I'll be doing a live broadcast from the Mountain America Expo Center. And you are welcome to come and join me, listen live if you'd like, uh, talk to me after the show if you have questions, all that sort of thing. I would love to uh, introduce myself to you in person if indeed you are not hiding under your bed for fear of coronavirus by then. Let's uh, hope that after we talk today on Vitality Radio, that will not be the case. But regardless, the conference, the Be Healthy Utah Conference, is the 17th and 18th of April. That's a Friday and Saturday. And it's two pretty full days, a lot of excellent information, 30 speakers, demonstrations, classes, a bunch of booths of people uh, that are going to be talking about the different things that they do to help with your health. And the whole thing is very economical if you use the Vitality 15 promo code when you log into BeHealthyUtah.com. That's BeHealthyUtah.com. Use the promo code VITALITY15. You save 15 bucks off of your entry fee. That makes it, I think, 13 bucks for both days. So it's, or 12 bucks, I think it actually is for both days. It's a true steal for a ton of great information. This is the second year they've done it. I was there last year. And the only thing that we didn't have enough of were people. The producers of the conference were excellent. The speakers were excellent. The booths were excellent. There was a lot of great stuff, and the people that were there loved it. Uh, Now I'm just trying to help get the word out to get more people there. This is not my conference, but the people that put it on are uh, very much like-minded and uh, a lot of great information. So I'd love to see you there at the, the Be Healthy Utah conference at the Mountain America Expo Center in Sandy, the 17th and 18th of April. Go to BeHealthyUtah.com or give us a call, 801-292-6662 for more information. Okay, so without further ado, I am going to have to get into my rant of the day, and it may just carry me through the rest of the show. I really don't know. Uh, This is pretty open-ended right now. I've got a bunch of notes, but I've also just got a bunch of stuff floating around in my head. We're just going to see what happens with it. So it's time for the Vitality Rant. In a world full of often confusing messages about health, let Jared be your guide through the smoke screens of corporate greed, media bias, government ineptitude, and propaganda. When you see what is really happening, you'll be ranting too. It's time to expose the hidden agendas. It's time for the truth. It's time for the vital rant. All right, hysteria 
has hit like it never has before in this world that I'm aware of. I guess, well, I shouldn't say that it hasn't ever hit like this before. There's been other things. That one time when uh, Noah built the ark, there was a lot of hysteria when the rain started to fall, I'm sure. Uh, there have been other things. World War II uh, comes to mind. That was a pretty big one. And uh, some other big things. But Honestly, in the 47 years that I've been around, certainly during my adult life over the last 30 years, I don't remember anything like this. And what I'm talking about, of course, is the coronavirus. I did not want to talk about the coronavirus this week. That was not my plan. I had a plan. I had a show mostly done and ready to go. And I even had another show topic that I was excited to deliver next week. And now everything's getting pushed back a little bit because of this coronavirus. Now, last week, if you didn't hear, I talked on my own about coronavirus and also with my good friend, Dr. Oliver, about coronavirus. And we discussed why we felt like the fear was out of hand. Now, I will reiterate those thoughts. Nothing has changed, in my opinion. We are still fearing something that is far less scary than uh, it is being made out to be. But let's talk about what's developed just over the last week. Now we have Trump uh, halting travel to Europe. That's the latest thing. You can go to England and you can go to Ireland. I don't know why, but you can't go to the rest of Europe. I, why? I don't know. Uh, I guess to further crash the stock market. I don't know what he's thinking on that one. Uh, but that's one thing that's happened. The LDS Church here in Salt Lake City will deliver its annual conference addresses to an empty conference center. Everything will be done via TV uh, for the first time that I'm aware of, and that seems a little strange. The NBA, the National Basketball Association, has suspended the season entirely. We don't know if it's going to uh, join or if we're going to start it back up in six weeks or eight weeks or six days or not at all, but it's done for now. And that is on the heels of Rudy Gobert, Utah's own Rudy Gobert, being diagnosed as the first NBA player to have coronavirus. Now, since then, which was Wednesday, we now know that Moutier and uh, Donovan Mitchell have also got coronavirus. At least that's what's being reported. And so that's a pretty high percentage of the team, right? There's only, I think... Uh, well, I think it's 12 active and 15 total, if I remember correctly, on the roster. But either way, 3 out of 12 or 3 out of 15 is a pretty big number. And, of course, these guys play and practice and travel in very close proximity to one another. So not too surprising that they might spread this thing around as virulent as it seems to be. So now we have this issue, and there's a report that just came across on uh, Twitter. Uh, my son actually sent this over to me right before I was going to record, and it says that jazz players privately uh, say that Gobert has been careless in the locker room, touching other players and their belongings. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a locker room. I've been in a few myself as a player when I was a kid. I even spent time in the jazz locker room back in the Carl Malone and John Stockton days. And uh, that's kind of how locker rooms are, right? I mean, people are smacking each other with towels and they're, you know, talking trash and patting each other on the back and doing whatever else players do in a locker room. Uh, well, based on that report, we have a couple of people reacting. One person, this is just people on Twitter, nobody of uh, specific consequence, but uh, one guy says, dude, Gobert should be jailed for this. And another one says, Rudy Gobert should be arrested. And all I have to say about both of these guys is, dude, you're both idiots. I mean, let's just step back a minute. Now, I don't care if you're an NBA fan or a Jazz fan or if you've never watched a basketball game in your life or you're a season ticket holder. None of that matters to me because that's not what this is about. What this is about is common sense, and we seem to have lost common sense in this country when it comes to coronavirus. And I shouldn't say in this country, but in this world. I mean, I'm trying to take my tinfoil hat and leave it securely in the uh, closet right now as I'm trying to figure out what the heck is going on in this world. It seems way bigger than a virus that doesn't kill a high percentage of people that it, that uh, contract it. You know, the overall number is like 2%. Uh, maybe it's a little higher, but we have to remember something that I didn't mention on last week's show, and I think this is really important. Now, keep in mind that 80 plus percent of the people that get coronavirus 
feel like they have a mild cold. Now, two days ago, three days ago, I got back from California. And whenever I travel, that's the most likely time I'm going to get a little sore throat, a little tickle there, a little runny nose or whatever. And right now, I'm dealing with a little bit of a, just a irritated throat is probably the best. I, I wouldn't consider it even a cold. I feel fine otherwise as far as any other symptoms, but there's something there. So I've been loading up a little bit more on my vitamin C and the different things that I do for immunity, trying to get extra sleep. And I imagine I'll be fine by tomorrow. And it, you know, none of that is particularly alarming, but what's interesting is technically I flew into Orange County. Orange County happens to be one of the places in California that has had quite a few people reported with coronavirus. I could have coronavirus right now. I'm not saying I do. I have no idea. I probably don't. However, it's possible. And that point is important to understand because most of the people with coronavirus, with actually that have the virus, are not being tested. And the majority of those people are getting better and doing just fine. There are probably untold hundreds of thousands. And this isn't just me coming up with numbers out of the sky. I've been reading a lot about this and digging in deep, but there are probably untold hundreds of thousands of people in China and elsewhere that have the coronavirus or have had the coronavirus, thought it was a cold, never got sick enough to worry about going to the hospital or getting checked, got better and are fine which means that the death rate is probably exponentially smaller than what we're making it out to be. Now, the virulence of this, the actual spread, is probably much wider than we actually believe it is. But all that means is that it's far less devastating than anybody is making it out to be. There is a fear campaign going that is unprecedented in anything I've seen. I remember covering the swine flu in a very significant way on Vitality Radio years ago when that hit and thinking, this is insane. This is hysteria. People are crazy. And it was nothing compared to what we're seeing with coronavirus. Interestingly enough, the swine flu was far more deadly than the coronavirus is. And so the fear is crazy. I'm going to go ahead and quote myself. That sounds pretty crazy in and of itself. But I'm going to quote what I said last week. So if you heard this last week, I apologize. It's very short. But fear paralyzes, and it makes otherwise intelligent people behave like they don't have a clue. There are plenty of things you can't properly prepare for in this life. A virus just isn't one of them. If this was a hurricane or a massive earthquake or an alien invasion, I might understand, but this is coronavirus, and in most cases, it isn't worse than the common cold. So, don't fear, prepare. And by prepare, I mean something other than what the CDC is telling us. Many people are preparing by getting a bunch of hand sanitizer. In fact, I had somebody in Vitality just uh, a couple days ago saying, do you have any hand sanitizer? I already checked at the auto parts store, the grocery store is out. Well, nobody, nobody has it. Nobody has hand sanitizer that I'm aware of. And if they do, they just got it and then they sold it out again. It is hot stuff. Toilet paper. I'm still confused on that, but toilet paper is hot stuff. Bottled water is hot. Those are the big sellers right now. And of course, the government and the media aren't helping because all they say is get your hand sanitizer, wash your hands, sneeze into your elbow. I mean, come on. Isn't this the real problem? That if you listen to modern medicine, if you listen to the Centers for Disease Control or the World Health Organization, they don't have answers for this kind of thing. If they don't have a vaccine for it, then they have nothing to offer. They just throw up their hands and tell everyone to stay away from everyone else. And guess what? People are listening. The NBA, we're talking a multi-billion dollar organization, just said, we're going to forego the cash from all these games for the next who knows how long because we are scared of this virus. Now, I don't know how many people are going to get sick with coronavirus. It's going to be a lot. It sure seems. It's going to spread across this country the same way as it spread across other places, and a lot of people are going to get sick. And that is not good. It's not good for a lot of people to get sick with a virus that we don't know that much about. However, what is confusing to me, I just used the wrong word. 
Bewildering is maybe a better word because I don't think I'm confused. I actually think I understand what's going on, but it drives me crazy to think about what might be happening here because it's the same old thing. There's one more thing that the government and the media continue to push on us in as a way to prevent coronavirus, and they say, go get your flu shot. Now, does that make sense to you? Logically, you sitting there listening to me, does it make sense to get the flu shot that covers a few strains of flu to prevent coronavirus? We didn't even know what quote-unquote novel coronavirus was when the flu shot was being prepared for this flu season. The flu shot is only about 44% accurate on average. It's 45% accurate this year, according to the latest numbers the CDC has released. But it is estimated that in even though the accuracy might be 44%, which isn't very good, that the efficacy might be as low as 10%, meaning that it actually prevents the flu in maybe 10% of cases. That's according to Dr. David Brownstein and many other sources as well. And so what we have is we have proof that the government is inept with this stuff. They, they literally either have no idea or they have an idea and they aren't willing to share it with us in terms of what we really should do. We cannot trust them with our health on any level. The flu shot doesn't protect against coronavirus. It simply doesn't. Everybody knows that. And yet they're saying to get it. And what we do know about the flu shot and every vaccine is that it is an assault to the immune system, at least in the short term. And so it is actually more likely, according to Dr. David Brownstein in his latest blog, that the flu shot actually has the potential to weaken the immunity against coronavirus and other viruses. And there's plenty of evidence that he is probably right when it comes to coronavirus. We know it's true with other viruses. But of course, the company line is touted by media and government as always. It's the same. Wash your hands and get your shots. They have no other answers, even though there are dozens of things that we can do to protect ourselves beyond basic hygiene and an ineffective vaccine. The problem is that there is an agenda, and that agenda doesn't allow for medicine that isn't FDA approved and produced by pharma. They simply won't talk about how the Chinese government is using intravenous vitamin C therapy with great success right now on coronavirus. In fact, vitamin C therapy via IV is under attack in this country. Why? Because it's dangerous? Nope. <laughs> because it works and it's a threat to pharmaceutical companies and their profits. It's very, very simple, actually. So the Chinese government is using IV vitamin C therapy. They're even recommending vitamin C supplements to their citizenship. I'm not saying that we should necessarily take cues from China. They're a pretty messed up uh, country when it comes to government and politics, for sure. But simple things like vitamin C are actually fighting the coronavirus very effectively over there, and we're ignoring it completely here. You'll never hear anybody from the CDC say, go take vitamin C, go take vitamin D, that'll help. Nope, it's always going to be wash your hands and get your shots. But you would think that if they had a drug that did work against coronavirus, they would at least talk about that, right? Well, maybe not. How about now, I don't know how to pronounce this because this is the strangest drug name I think I've seen, but it's remdesivir. Remdesivir is something close to that. It has shown substantial promise. This drug has been used on uh, MERS and SARS. You know, SARS and MERS, these are both corona-type viruses. To quote Science Daily and the researchers from Alberta that they interviewed, it says, we know the drug works against different coronaviruses like MERS and SARS. And we know the novel coronavirus is very similar to SARS. So I would say I'm cautiously optimistic that the results our team found with remdesivir and MERS will be similar with COVID-19, otherwise known as coronavirus. The study published in the Journal of Biological Chemistry this week is among the first in Canada to discuss COVID-19. Until now, there has not been a published explanation of why remdesivir may work against coronaviruses, uh, developed by Gilead Sciences as a response to the 2014 West African Ebola virus epidemic. Remdesivir was first used on a patient with the novel coronavirus earlier this year in the United States. 
As reported in the New England Journal of Medicine, the patient was given the drug on the seventh day of illness and showed marked improvement the following day, with symptoms eventually disappearing altogether. And at a recent press conference in Beijing, the Assistant Director General of the World Health Organization, Bruce Allouard, said remdesivir is the only drug available that may have real efficacy against COVID-19. That's from the World Health Organization. But wait, there's more. How about the drug chloroquine? Is being recommended by Didier Rualt, the leading European infectious disease expert. In fact, on PubMed, there's an article that also supports this idea. The coronavirus disease, COVID-19, is spreading rapidly, and scientists are endeavoring to discover drugs for its efficacious treatment in China. Chloroquine phosphate, an old drug for treatment of malaria, is shown to have apparent efficacy and acceptable safety against COVID-19, associated pneumonia in multi-center clinical trials conducted in China. The drug is recommended to be included in the next version of the guidelines for prevention, diagnosis, and treatment of pneumonia caused by COVID-19 issued by the National Health Commission of the People's Republic of China for treatment of COVID-19 infection in larger populations in the future. So we have two drugs, apparently, that have shown efficacy against coronaviruses specifically and at least limited efficacy against this specific COVID-19 coronavirus, two drugs that probably are effective against this. Now, you know me, if you listen to Vitality Radio, I'm going to say resort to drugs as a last resort. We can generally do better naturally than we can with pharmaceuticals if we just know what to do and how to use them. But regardless, we're talking about the Centers for Disease Control. These are the people who push drugs down our throats on a regular basis. But I have some theories, and I might be wrong. I can't say that I'm right. These are just theories based on my experience reporting on this stuff for the last 10 or 11 years. If these drugs are truly successful in fighting coronavirus, which it appears that they do, they at least have promise, then why is the CDC not talking about Perhaps touting drugs that cure the illness would quell the fear. Quelling the fear would prevent the need to develop another vaccine. And vaccines are far more profitable than old, no longer patented, curative drugs. After all, we can vaccinate billions over and over again, but the drug would only be used by millions and possibly only once and without a patent. So perhaps we just want to ignore that we actually have in modern medicine and their science and their pharmaceutical cabinet, drugs that would actually cure coronavirus, and they're not talking about them. They're talking about them in China, but they're not talking about them in America. I think that if people knew there was a drug that they could get that would probably defeat coronavirus, they'd be far less worried about coronavirus. Because the only reason people are worried about coronavirus is because they think there's no treatment. Now, that's silly anyway, because it's a virus. And we have lots of treatments for viruses. Over the last few days, really, since I, 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 you know, I delivered last week's show a few days early. I, I recorded it a few days early for delivery on Saturday. And then I left town for five days. And while I was gone... I uh, got a lot of text messages, uh, Facebook messages, uh, phone calls from people saying, hey, what, you know, what do I do? What do I do about this? How do I protect myself and my family? And then when I got back, boy, people have been coming into Vitality asking the, all those same questions. There is genuine concern. Now, what I love about that person, the person that says, what can I do? is they're not necessarily the same person that's running to the grocery store to get all the bottled water or the sanitizing wipes. These are people that are saying, I'm going to be proactive against this, get my immune system up so I don't have to worry about it if it comes to town. And that's the approach that, of course, I'm always going to recommend. When you are prepared, you need not fear these types of things. And so what do we do? What do we do? What would I do? when it comes to coronavirus. And I'm going to share that with you. I do have to take a quick break. 
I'm going to take a break. When I come back, I'm going to have my thoughts all gathered. And once they're gathered, I'm going to tell you what I recommend that you can do to boost your immune system in real effective ways based on actual science that's been done showing that we can boost our immune system with these things and what you can do if you start to feel like you're coming down with something to knock it out. That's what we'll talk about next. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. After decades of helping people with their nutritional supplement needs, I have observed something that seems almost universal. People seem to have a lot of products that they have experimented with. Some might have been recommended by a blogger online, others from a magazine article, and yet another by a friend or family member. Information is coming at us at a rapid pace nowadays, and everyone has an opinion. The problem is that there is only one really big wild card in health and nutrition, and that wild card is you. I know you've heard the infomercials, seen the ads, or talked to that neighbor who has that cure-all product that can do it all for your health. The problem is that supplement doesn't exist. What's right for your neighbor isn't always right for you. At Vitality Nutrition, we've been asking the right questions for years. What I mean by this is we don't just sell supplements. We consult with our clients and ask them the key questions needed to make sure we match the right supplement to the right person. If you feel better about a team approach to your health, give us a call and one of our well-educated Vitality team members will answer your questions and help you find just what it is that you need to address your health concerns naturally. You can reach us at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Or drop us an email, info at vitalityradiopod.com. That's info at vitalityradiopod.com. Okay, so I guess the rant's over, but the topic will continue. (laughs) I'm Jared St. Clair. Welcome back to Vitality Radio. All right, so I mentioned before uh, when I opened that uh, Vitality Radio is uh, excited to be a part of the Be Healthy Utah conference in Sandy on April 17th and 18th. If you have questions about that, if you'd like to join me for the live show, I'll be broadcasting that day, uh, Saturday, 9 a.m., Saturday the 18th, that is. Uh, If you'd like to join me for the talk I'm giving on the human microbiome and what we can do to protect ourselves against this type of thing that I've been talking about, coronavirus, and so much more, Uh, if you'd like to have your eyes open to a lot of really excellent alternative options when it comes to health and medicine, you should come to the Be Healthy Utah conference. Check BeHealthyUtah.com. That's BeHealthyUtah.com. Okay, so... We have all this hysteria about coronavirus, but again, preparation is the key. And much like you would board up your house and drive somewhere off the coast if there was a hurricane coming, there are things that we can do to protect ourselves against a virus that may be coming. And I would tell you right now, based on what we're hearing, that the virus is coming. We will have many cases in Utah, I'm sure, and throughout this country of ours, and it will spread potentially like wildfire, like it has been doing. And that's okay, because the vast majority of people who get sick with coronavirus won't ever know they even had it, and will be fine. Now, the people who are immune compromised, the people who are elderly or living in uh, nursing homes, things like that, they need to be more aware, and we need to take take care of our our uh, elderly loved ones and immunocompromised ones as much as we possibly can. But what it boils down to is we need to take a deep breath and relax. This isn't the apocalypse that it's being made out to be, and uh, we are going to look back on this. I really believe and say, "Wow, remember how hysterical everybody got about coronavirus, and then." It really wasn't that big of a deal. That's what I believe is going to happen. We shall see. So what is, uh, before I I got to the break, I said, I'll tell you what I'm recommending to build up your immune system to fight off any kind of virus, coronavirus included, but this will also count for colds and flus and all kinds of other things because the preventative measures are all pretty much the same. But in the case of coronavirus, I'm going to add one. And that is the one I already briefly mentioned. Take a deep breath. 
relax. Don't stress about this because stress is one of the major weakeners of the immune system. And we have to have to realize that that's the case. We don't want to stress about this. We need to calm down. Fear will not get us anywhere. What else can we do? Drink plenty of water. Hydration is a big deal when it comes to health, and dehydration does weaken our immune response. Reduce sugar intake. That is a big one. Sugar weakens our immune response. So breathe, relax, get plenty of sleep. I almost forgot that one, and it's critical. Sleep is our best friend when it comes to fighting illness of all kinds. We have to get plenty of sleep, and stressing about this stuff might have your mind spinning to the point where you can't sleep. So take those deep breaths, relax, get your sleep, drink your water, and avoid your sugar. Those are all the things lifestyle-wise that I would recommend. Now, if you want to proactively build your immune response through supplementation, here's the list that I'm recommending to people. Probiotics. Now, this might, I don't know if this sounds intuitive or counterintuitive to you. Probiotics are interesting because generally speaking, probiotics uh, take a while to deliver much of a result. But there's a specific probiotic called Bacillus coagulans. Bacillus coagulans is truly an amazing thing. It is a spore-based probiotic. It's found in our environment rather than uh, being native to our human gut. We find it in soil. We find it in salt mines. We find it all kinds of places. And it lives in and on our bodies on a regular basis and all over our environment. But when we take it as a supplement, we have excellent evidence. My favorite study being one that they did specifically against influenza A. Now, there is not a study on this probiotic or any probiotic with coronavirus. But if you can fight off influenza A, you've got a real good shot at fighting off coronavirus because, frankly, influenza A seems to be a whole lot more deadly uh, to people. So, what do we what do we learn from this study? Well, the study was really amazing. What they did is they they did a study in blood, and they had a placebo group and an active group, and they gave probiotics to half the people, and they gave a placebo to half the people, and they did that for thirty days, and then they drew blood from those people and infected the blood with influenza A. And what was interesting is when the blood of the people with bacillus coagulans in it for the last 30 days, when that blood was infected, TNF alpha cells increased by 1,700%. That's a big difference. TNF alpha cells being our first line of defense against viral invaders. So if we can get a 1,700% increase in just 30 days, we don't know how big the increase is in three days or 13 days, we just know that in 30 days, it's 1,700% versus no change in the placebo blood. So if you want to try probiotics for this specifically, I recommend a product called Back on Tract. Now, Back on Tract is by 10-Day Results. Uh, Back on Tract has a full dose of bacillus coagulans in it, as well as uh, digestive enzymes and anti-inflammatory herbs. So it has a, 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 it's actually technically not designed for boosting your immune system per se, as much as it's designed to help with gut health issues. So people that have you know, indigestion, gassiness, bloating after meals, all those types of things will love what Back on Tract does for them there. But the reason that it is called Back on Tract and that's T-R-A-C-T, is because it was designed to help people get back from being ill. If you are sick and you've, you know, had diarrhea for a few days or you've been food poisoned or you've had the flu or you have been on an antibiotic, any of those things, Back on Tract was designed to get you back where you need to be from a gut health perspective. And in this case, it can also be used preventatively. I recommend it for 30 days because that's what the study shows is the most effective. And you can just take one capsule every time you eat. Uh, that is the best way to do it because then it also gives you those amazing benefits with your gut health and digestion. Now, the reason I say probiotics first, because I actually did order these uh, in the order that I think is, is most important. Probiotics first, because 80% of our immune response starts in the gut. If our gut is healthy, if it is 
capable of fighting off illness, it will do so very, very valiantly and very, very effectively. And so we always have to start with the gut to get our immune system right. But what's number two? And what may actually be more effective in the short run is vitamin C. Now, we know in China they're using intravenous vitamin C, and you can't actually get IV vitamin C in Utah. It's not very easy to find, uh, but there are a few doctors that do it. But you don't need IV vitamin C as a preventative measure. You can take vitamin C orally, and it can be very effective preventatively as well. And there's a lot of research to back that up. Now, what I do typically is take 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C daily. I take a product called InnerC. I've talked about it a lot on Vitality Radio. It is a non-acidic all natural, uh, non-genetically modified source of vitamin C that is highly bioavailable to the cells compared to regular vitamin C tablets. Now, inner C is not to be mistaken for emergency. Emergency is a product that you see at all the Walmarts and Costco's and all these places. And while that vitamin C can still have a benefit, They've really dumbed down that formula. The product was bought by Pfizer, and they basically ruined it. So I recommend InnerC, which is made by the people that originally made Emergency back when I was a kid. An amazing product. I absolutely love it. And I usually take 1,000 milligrams a day, one packet. But with all this stuff going on, with the fact that I came back from California with a little bit of a sore throat, I've been taking three to four packets a day. That's three to 4,000 milligrams a day. And you certainly can safely do that if you'd like to do that. But at least one packet a day, I think is a great idea. There's plenty of evidence that 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C is a very beneficial dose in terms of fighting off infection. Uh, but again, if you want to go heavy, you can go heavier than that if you'd like. And my recommendation, any vitamin C would have benefit, I believe, um, even the cheap stuff. But if you want to get the best vitamin C, that's going to give you the most benefit and will also be the easiest on your stomach. Inner C is the one I recommend. That's E-N-E-R-C. Amazing, amazing product. Now, vitamin D. We have a lot of evidence that vitamin D is potentially the best thing we can do to increase our immunity against the flu specifically. In fact, there's more research on vitamin D fighting the flu, more evidence that it works than there is on the flu shot. How about that? But vitamin D is a tough one because we are supposed to manufacture it in our skin. And if you are here in Utah, where I am, then that's been tough the last six months or so because there's been all kinds of stuff in the sky that uh, has been blocking the sun, right? And it's been really cold, so you don't want to get out there and uh, freeze to death either with exposed skin trying to get your vitamin D. However, we are in mid-March and the sun has been shining and it's been beautiful. So if you can get 20 or 30 minutes of good sun exposure with your uh, short sleeves and uh, even shorts, it'd be better if you can brave the 50 degree temperatures. I know some of you can't, but it uh, feels pretty good to me. That's the best way to get your vitamin D. But if you want to supplement vitamin D, you certainly can do that. It's been a long winter. Most of us are deficient at this point. Usually 80% of the population by the end of winter is deficient. In some cases, 90%. So if you want to boost it back up quicker than you can through uh, spending time in the sun, then you can do it as a supplement. And just make sure you get a good high bioavailability vitamin D3. I prefer the ones that... Uh, are uh, either the soft gels that you swallow that don't have any extra chemicals in them. There's so many vitamin Ds with artificial color and caramel color and garbage in them. Avoid those, please. You don't want all that extra junk. And Or the ones that you can put right under your tongue. We have many at Vitality that I love. But vitamin D is, is simple. Uh, most experts are saying five to 10,000 a day for the first uh, you know month or so that you take it to get your levels up and uh, get your immune system boosted. That is what a lot of people are doing. And I believe that makes a lot of sense as well. And then uh, another preventative measure that I am uh, very fond of is Get Well Stay Well. It's another 10-day results product. And of course, I try to give full disclosure here. 10-day results is a brand that I developed. These are formulas I developed. So I'm certainly keen on these formulas, but I believe that if you look into the research, you'll recognize that these formulas make sense. Get Well Stay Well is the number one selling product that we have at Vitality Nutrition this time of year. And with coronavirus going crazy, it's been even more popular of late. But why does it work? Why do people come back and get it? Well, it has the requisite vitamins and minerals that you need. It's got vitamin C in it. It's got zinc in it. And that's good. 
But it also has some really unique and powerful herbs. It's got olive leaf extract, which has excellent research showing both antibacterial and antiviral benefits. Also, oregano oil, which I can say the exact same thing about. Echinacea, which has been shown to increase our white blood cell count to fight off infection. And an herb that most people have never heard of in this country, but is quite common in China. It's called Isatis. Now, Isatis has a 5,000-year history of use in China, at least. And it has good research that's actually been done here in America uh, for viruses specifically. Uh, and it has been shown to fight viruses very effectively. So get well, stay well can be used two different ways. The list that I'm giving you right now is the preventative list. I'm not sick. I don't want to get sick. This is what I do. And get well, stay well is a big part of that for a lot of people. We recommend typically two capsules a day just to keep your immune system firing on all cylinders and uh, keep things in, you know, where they should be. And then a much higher dose uh, when, if you do start to feel like you're coming down with something. And of course, if you have questions about that, we can answer them at Vitality Nutrition. So that's kind of the list there in terms of prevention. There doesn't have to be a ton of stuff. Get your vitamin C up, get your probiotics up. But again, it's not just any probiotic. The vast majority of probiotics out there will not do what I'm telling you bacillus coagulans will do. So if you decide not to get back on track, get one that is bacillus coagulans and get at least a billion units per day of bacillus coagulans. So that's what I recommend there. The vitamin C, the vitamin D3. And then if you want to go a little bit heavier, uh, get well, stay well, which has all the herbal antivirals and things like that in there. Highly recommended, all uh, good proactive preventative measures. Now, why haven't I mentioned elderberry? Elderberry, if you're familiar already, you know that it's defense number one against the flu when it comes to someone actually getting sick and um, herbal medicine. Why? Well, because the research on it is very, very clear. In one randomized study, uh, adults with flu-like symptoms who took 15 milliliters of elderberry syrup four times a day saw symptoms clear up on average four days earlier than those who took a placebo syrup. Another study tested its effectiveness on air travelers. Those who took elderberry syrup had a shorter duration of cold symptoms and were less severe. Uh, oh, sorry. And the symptoms were less severe than the control group. We have more studies than that. Those are the two uh, most popular studies, uh, I think, that have been done because they've been around for a longer period of time. But elderberry is fantastic. Why am I not recommending it in the preventative side? Because we haven't got really good evidence that it's a very preventative uh, thing. It might be, and I suspect that it probably is. But we do know that it's fantastic for people who actually have flu symptoms. And we do know that elderberry has actually been researched specifically for envelope viruses, which coronavirus is one. And so elderberry has fantastic benefit. I recommend you have it handy, but use it if you need it. Now, there is some elderberry in Get Well, Stay Well, so you do have some preventative benefit there. Uh, but if you want to take elderberry the way that it's you know been studied – you want probably the syrup or uh, the chewable tablets, the capsules, or the gummies. Any of those options, as long as you're taking the right dose, will work. And there are some really great ones available on the market. I love elderberry. I, I use it all the time myself, especially with my kids because it's very, very safe. And it tastes yummy. Kids don't mind taking it at all. So elderberry is fantastic. I recommend you have it on hand in case you start to feel like you're coming down with something. Now, here's the last one that I'm going to talk about here in terms of a supplement that uh, could potentially be very useful and gets routinely gets a, a bad rap. It's called colloidal silver. Now, you may have heard of it. Maybe you've even heard of that blue man that uh, wanders around and does the talk show circuit from time to time. This is a guy who bathes in colloidal silver. He makes it in his basement. Uh, he drinks, I don't even remember, but it's something like a pint or a quart a day of colloidal silver. And he has permanently tinted his skin kind of this blue-gray uh, color. And he looks goofy, and he says, I'm healthier than any of you, and I feel amazing. Well, there's extremism everywhere, right? And this dude is an extremist. And I don't know if he's healthier than me and you, but I know he's grayer than me and you, and I prefer my natural skin color if I can hold on to it. So I'm not going to recommend that you bathe in colloidal silver unless you have third-degree burns, and then they would actually put you in silver uh, at the burn clinics in most places. 
but uh, that you do use silver as a, an, again, not as a preventative. I'm not a big fan of silver as a preventative, uh, unless you want to use it as a natural kind of antibacterial, uh, as a wipe or hand sanitizer. You can certainly use colloidal silver that way. But you can use colloidal silver at the first sign of, of any type of illness. And what we know is that in in vitro studies, we're talking about Petri dish stuff here, that it, when it comes into contact with almost anything, it'll kill it. It's very, very effective, even against things like staph and strep and MRSA, believe it or not. We know it's very, very powerful. Now, online, if you just Google colloidal silver uh, antiviral, which I did before I uh, – as I was writing my notes for the show – You'll find the first couple pages that totally debunk it, say that colloidal silver is bogus. There's no evidence that it works. And yet, here, <laughs> it's so silly. Uh, and I wish it was just silly, but it's kind of evil. But regardless, the NCBI, that is the National Institutes of Health, uh, they have uh, their own version of kind of a PubMed uh, where they publish all these articles on everything from vitamins, minerals, herbs, to drugs, and things like that. This is considered a source of reputable, good information when it comes to research on these things. And I want to read what they say specifically about colloidal silver versus HIV. This is what it says. Our data suggests that silver nanoparticles exert anti-HIV activity at an early stage of viral replication, most likely as a virucidal agent or as an inhibitor of viral entry. Silver nanoparticles bind to GP120 in a manner that prevents CD4-dependent virion binding, fusion, and uh, infectivity. Acting as an effective viricidal agent against cell-free viruses uh, and cell-associated viruses. Besides, silver nanoparticles inhibit post-entry stages of HIV-1 life cycle. So, I know that's pretty technical stuff, but essentially what they're saying is colloidal silver actually has really good research benefits fighting HIV. So why wouldn't it potentially be useful against corona or the flu or the common cold or any of these things? I've touted for years what silver can do topically and even as a nasal spray for sinus infections and things like this. Colloidal silver has been absolutely just blacklisted uh, when it comes to medicine, and yet medical journals actually have articles proving that it works. So again, more questions. Why don't they talk about this stuff? Why do they only talk about, oh, we got to come up with a vaccine? Oh, but bummer, we can't come up with a vaccine. It's going to take a while. It might be a year before we have a vaccine. So instead, everybody's going to go into a panic. The stock market's going to tank. We're not going to be able to travel anywhere, and we're not going to be able to watch a sport, our sports teams because there's no vaccine. Well, I say BS. I say that is a whole load of garbage, and I'm not going to accept that. There are plenty of things that we can do as individuals. We don't have to rely on our parents, the government, to tell us how to take care of our health. And if we do, we will get sicker because they don't know how. They have one trick, and that's all they have, and it's called vaccination even when they have pharmaceuticals that have excellent evidence that they fight coronavirus, they won't even talk about those because fear sells. Fear sells. Don't be afraid. Coronavirus is not scary. It is a virus. So is the cold. So is the flu. So are so many other things. And we have been made as a people to believe that all viruses are terrifying. They're not. They're not. The chicken pox isn't terrifying. The measles aren't terrifying. I had both of them as a child and now I have lifelong immunity. We don't have to be scared of these things. We just have to be proactive. So once again, let me reiterate, get your sleep. Do not stress. You'll notice that I'm a little stressed today, and that's not good. I'm stressed because I'm so sick and tired of hearing how scary the coronavirus is. I'm not stressed because I'm worried about getting the coronavirus. There is a difference, but stress kills still. So after I get off the radio today, when I step away from this mic, I'm going to put my feet 
in a nice magnesium bath. I'm going to soak them for a little while, about 30 minutes, and it's going to feel great. And while I do that, I'm going to do some deep breathing exercises. And I suggest you do the same thing. Take your stress down a notch. Increase your sleep. Get a nap if you're tired. Get a full night's sleep every night. Drink plenty of water. Stay hydrated. Take your vitamin C. Take some herbs. Use your essential oils. Whatever you like to use to help boost your immune system. I listed off a bunch with the studies that go along that prove they work. There are lots of options. If you have questions about anything that you've heard on Vitality Radio today, give Vitality Nutrition a call at 801-292-6662. 801-292-6662. If you're within the sound of my voice, then we can reach you. Um, we can talk to you on the phone and we can get you what you need through the mail. We would love to help you out and help your family out during this time of utter panic, it seems. By the way, I don't think Rudy Gobert should go to jail. I think Rudy Gobert should go to bed. Relax. He'll probably recover just fine. All right. We come to another end of another episode of Vitality Radio. If you like what you hear, go tell somebody. I would really appreciate your support. Do it on social media. Do it verbally. Send text messages and subscribe, review, rate, I'll take anything I can get. I sure appreciate you helping me get the word out on things like this. We need a little bit more common sense about health and health care in this country. And I hope that when you listen to me on Vitality Radio, that's what you hear. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. listening to the vitality radio podcast enjoy your week in the meantime jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it vitality radio is researched and written by jared st Clair, produced by elizabeth joy windham with very limited help from jared our awesome music is by brian bob young Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Vitality Radio. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast has not been evaluated by the FDA. This podcast is provided with the understanding that the information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a medical professional. Thank you.